This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. And now your host, his Saturdays are full with his daughter's volleyball and basketball games. He's my dad, Brendan Burton. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to the Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and you're joining us for a special episode as we interview the 2022 ACCE Chamber of the Year finalists in this Chamber of the Year finalist series. Our title sponsor is Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Let's hear from Tony Felker, President and CEO of the Frisco Chamber, to learn how the Holman Brothers have provided value for him. One of the key benefits that we've realized from Holman Brothers actually happened many years after we started using them. We just completed our new strategic plan and understanding those subtle differences between transactional benefits and transformational benefits, the companies that use what they expect has been a key part in our strategic plan. And we really want to thank Holman Brothers for that. You can learn more about Holman Brothers membership sales solutions by visiting holmanbros.com. Successful membership salespeople are problem solvers. They ask better questions, uncover more problems, and pinpoint how their chamber can help. It's how they consistently drive better membership sales outcomes. Here's the hurdle. Most membership salespeople don't get enough coaching to recruit like this. Holman Brothers Next Level Coaching supplies the year-round guidance that your membership rep needs to drive growth for your chamber. Visit holmanbros.com slash next level to learn more and request a free trial of next level coaching. Our guest for this episode is Hope Kennedy. Hope is the president and CEO of the North Tampa Bay Chamber in Florida. Hope assumed the role of president and CEO in July of 2012 and is a Florida certified chamber professional. Since this time, she's led the organization through two chamber acquisitions, a name and brand change, and a stringent certification process. In 2019, the North Tampa Bay Chamber was recognized as Chamber of the Year by the Florida Association of Chamber Professionals. Hope's work to support businesses of all sizes spans her entire career. Before joining the Wesley Chapel Chamber in 2012, she served Pensacola Chamber members as the organization's Vice President of Membership. During her tenure, Hope was instrumental in the recovery efforts post-Hurricane Ivan and the BP oil spill. In this role, Hope also successfully designed and implemented strategies resulting in the engagement of more than 200 of Pensacola business leaders in a campaign to attract Southwest Airlines. Hope has also led membership and business development for United Way of the Capital Area, as well as the Greater Jackson Chamber Partnership, both in Jackson, Mississippi. In 2001, her chamber received a prestigious recognition for being a pride business ally from the Tampa Bay Business Journal. In 2017, the Tampa Bay Business Journal named her as one of Tampa Bay's most 100 influential business people. In 2005, the Mississippi Business Journal recognized Hope as a top 40 under 40 for the state of Mississippi. In 2008, ACCE awarded her for outstanding membership. And in 2010, the Independent News in Pensacola named Hope a rising star. Hope is an MBA candidate at the University of Florida and earned her undergraduate degree in business from Belhaven University in Jackson, Mississippi, and resides in North Tampa with her 16-year-old daughter. 
Hope, I'm excited to have you with me here on Chamber Chat Podcast. First of all, congratulations for being selected as a Chamber of the Year finalist. But uh, why don't you take a moment to say hello to all the Chamber champions and share something interesting about yourself. Yeah, hello to all my um, Chamber champions, those of us who are doing what I call the Lord's work, Um, (laughs) the jack of all trades and the masters of none. Um, thank you so much, Brandon, for having me here with you today. Um, as you can tell, I'm a chamber junkie. Um, I've been doing this, uh, started in the basement in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, you wanted me to give a uh, something a lot of people don't know. Um, in the chamber world, um, I was bitten by a pygmy rattlesnake and lived to tell about it. Um, and so that there's my fun. There's fact. more of a story there. Yeah, there, there, there's a very good story behind that. Um, and it, I stepped on the little guy and, and ended up in ICU for five days. Um, oh so so there, there's my fun fact of me. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That is that, that is something interesting for sure. Bet you weren't expecting that one. No, I get to know people on a different level by asking that question. So. <laughs> Well, tell us a little bit about the North Tampa Bay Chamber, just to give us some perspective before we get into our discussion. Just give us an idea of the size of the chamber, type of chamber, staff, budget, that sort of thing. Yeah, sure. I love to talk about it. So um, <clears throat> we're a baby chamber. We're only 27 years old. Um, in, in the chamber world, we all know that as being a baby chamber. Um, you alluded to it in my uh, bio. We were the formerly the Wesley Chapel Chamber of Commerce. Um, back then, um, I, I took over in 2012. Um, I like to refer to us with no disrespect to anyone in the industry, but we were the Mary Kay sorority. Um, our chamber was doing all of the the, the fun stuff, the three Ps, um, because we had to, because we were the only organization in our community that was organized enough to produce um, events and, and these outcomes as the years have gone by, we have had um, two mergers with uh, two separate organizations um, leading us to become a regional chamber. Um, we have a very large geographic footprint that we call our service area. But as we all know, chambers do not have boundaries. I mean, some, some do just by geography of, of their names. Um, but in general, us chambers have service areas. So um, we encompass a very large service area just north of Tampa Bay in the city of Tampa. Um, there are many chambers of commerce in our in our area and our communities. And I, I love to say if you've seen one chamber, you've seen one chamber. Each individual organization presents something different. And I always try and encourage our members that if you can join all of them, most certainly um, do that because you're going to get something individualized from each and every single one of them. As far as the size of our organization, we have always been very lean and mean. Um, We are now a staff of three. um, That includes myself. During the time in which we submitted this application, um, it is for the years uh, 2019 and 20, um, and we were a staff of two. Um, during during that time, we had to make some very hard decisions at the beginning of COVID. Um, we did, and um, those are the the reasons that I think that we've been been successful. We have just shy of six hundred members uh, within our within our chamber. 
Um, we have a very small budget, um, which I'm actually not ashamed to say. Um, we are $400,000 budget. Um, we are 85% membership dues, which um, is an interesting model. And I'm sure I'll have some interesting things to say and people will look at me just kind of a little cross-eyed when, when we talk about, uh, if, if we get a chance to talk about those things. But um, I, I have a very uh, strong conviction that we are a membership-based organization and that we should be reliant on our members um, to sustain our organization. So we um, set our budget each year based on actual retention numbers. We do not take any funding outside of our, our membership organization. We have a little bit of non-dues revenue streams, um, but as far as um, other things, we are 85% membership-based. Wow. Yeah, that's that's not a normal thing to see these days. So it, it it's definitely not, and uh, I I can tell you that it, it very much works for for us and and for our members. And that's what it's all about about what works for your for your community. So that's awesome. Yes. So as we do these Chamber of the Year finalist interviews, uh, what I like to do is touch on the two programs that you submitted on your Chamber of the Year application. And uh, I look forward to, to diving into these programs with you, learning more about what's making the North Tampa Bay Chamber great and to be you know, noticed at this level. And we'll get into that discussion as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Chambers of Commerce have been around for over 400 years promoting communities all over the world, but today so much is found digitally that Chamber Nation believes it's critical that there is a custodian of local digital information. They believe the Chamber is in a perfect position to be that organization. Chamber Nation provides an amazing membership management system you use to manage the Chamber and the community. They also deliver a complete membership development system that they manage for you to be sure your membership community is fully documented for search and much more. Essentially, Chamber Nation delivers an entire membership support department, which is perfect for those chambers with a limited budget that needs to do more. With Chamber Nation, not only do you have a membership management system, but also a membership development system all in one terrific package. So save money and be impressed by visiting richardscalendar.com to set up a demo with their CEO 
or learn more at chambernation.com. All right, Hope, we're back. Um, so as I mentioned before the break, we'll talk about the two programs that you submitted on your Chamber of the Year application. So let's let's first approach them both from maybe a high level, just what the two programs are, and then we can circle back into a little bit more detail on each of them. Well, I'll start by saying this was not an easy exercise to nail down two programs that we wanted to showcase. Um, and I, ACCE gives you the opportunity to send in your topic synopsis real, just a very brief. And the first one came back and they loved it. The second one, they were like, no, everybody should be doing that one. That one's not going to move the needle. We want to see something else. So we looked internally to try and figure out what it is, what, you know, because when you do it all day, every day, and over these past couple of years, you kind of forget yeah. what you did that made an impact. And, and what we submitted, um, our first one was called the Chamber Roadshow, and it was a We Are Open campaign um, that happened extraordinarily organically. There was no budget. There was no plan. There was no nothing. It just, it just kind of happened, and I'm happy to dive into that and share um, that and then our second one was our award show, um, and it wasn't because they, we took it virtually at all. That wasn't what we um, wanted to highlight. What we wanted to highlight is we used to focus on business, small business of the year, entrepreneur of the year, new business of the year, yada yada yada. We knew those did not have any significance whatsoever with the year that just happened. Right. So we had to reimagine what the awards would look like. We knew that our community needed to have a celebration of sorts um, as we were coming out of the, the shutdown. We, we took a deep dive in and said, well, why don't we use our core values as an organization to award to our members? So instead of having small business of the year, large business of the year, we went with the innovation award, with the collaboration award, the inclusivity award, and the integrity award. And so we set all new metrics um, and uh, criteria for each of those, and we spelled it out what those really meant. Um, it, and then we were able to sprinkle in some community heroes in, into that as well. Um, okay. So we're, we're, we were very, very proud of being able to turn that into something that meant, that meant our organization was highlighting the things that we hold dear. And um, we did it again the second year as well. And our members have really taken to that it, um, the, those awards. So I, I want to learn more about both of these, but I have to ask the question since you told the backstory to it, which one of these programs is one that you got the positive feedback from initially? And I only asked to help other chambers as yeah. they apply in the future. The Chamber Roadshow All got, right. that one got a thumbs up. Our, our second submission was not our awards. We were going to submit for our DEI work. And the comments back were that all chambers should be doing that. Show something that you have moved the needle. Yeah. And so um, we, again, had to come back and look internally and say, well, gosh, all of the stuff that we did, we couldn't show metrics. We didn't keep track of all of this information to submit for an award. 
Um, just to back up really quick, Chamber of the Year ACCE was not on our radar for this year at all. <laughs> Um, it, it was, I just wanted to submit the, the benchmarking survey to make sure that I was in line. I I love ACCE and I love everything that they do. And I love to be able to have that data to show our board, to show our volunteers. And so that was all I was doing. I was proud that I completed it actually. And then (laughs) we get the note that says, Hey, you're eligible to submit. And I sent it to my board chair thinking, I don't know what I was thinking. I didn't really, you know, I was just like excited that we could submit. And then I started looking at some of the other applications from the year before. And I was like, ready to pull the plug. I was like, we're not ready for prime time. There's no way we can get this done. It's a quick turnaround. We don't have a graphic artist. We don't do this. Well, thankfully, uh, my board chair, who's a phenomenal leader, says to me, and he he says, hope I don't own this statement, but you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And so I said, all right, let's do this. And so it, it was a awesome exercise for, for us. And um, being such a small staff, I had four volunteers from my board that assisted with the application. Yeah. That's great to get them involved with the process as well. So it was, awesome. and it was interesting, the questions that they came back and asked me. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was, it, again, the whole thing was just a really great exercise. That's awesome. Well, let's, let's maybe start with the award show. You talked okay. about reimagining the awards, uh, making it more of a celebration, kind of looking at new metrics and criteria. Um, tell us how that unfolded. Uh, what did some of these new awards look like? Um, how was, how were they received and just dive into whatever you feel would be relevant for listeners. Sure. So, you know, I I had some reservations at the time of having an award ceremony. We still were not able to gather in the state of Florida. Um, our, our awards had always been a cocktail attire celebratory, you know, VIP event prior to just a big production. Um, so we knew that we were going to take that all the way down to um, virtual and what the virtual looked like was completely different. None of us knew what was going on. Um, we figured it out. We limped through the logistics of that. Um, and then when we sent out for uh nominations, we explained what each category, what we were looking for. So for collaboration, we were looking for programs from our members that showed that they collaborated with somebody else and what their metrics were and how they they utilized it. The Integrity Award was more of an internal process and, and examples of how they were. Um, they showed integrity during COVID. And, and we used it for the, the last for those years. So we wanted to hear their stories about their business and how they were able to do these things, to have inclusivity in within their organization when you couldn't even meet. So there's kind um, of some healing that goes on as they're able to tell their stories and kind of get that out there and kind of put it behind them as they move forward, I'd imagine. Right. 
And it was cathartic. It was, you know, and then to be able to celebrate those that were the recipients that, hey, you did indeed do some great things. Very similar to what, you know, we're going through as an organization right right now with this award. So it's kind of like coming full circle. Um, So we request um, nominations and then the the business that is nominated submits an application. So we sent them the application. The application is six, five or six questions and every application is in the same format so that it returns and the judges, they all get the same questions. Um, And so they, we had a record number of submissions that year. Um, Usually we'll have I, I don't even know the number right off the top of my head. I've already, I've already buried this one <laughs> onto the next thing. But um, usually we have about a third that actually submit the application. That year, we had a little bit over half. So those that were nominated actually took the time to submit their applications. Um, so they are scored by an independent panel of judges. Um, and then the the judges don't even come together. They don't talk about it. It's just based on those numbers and then they're presented. And then um, we have the finalists. So what we did was we made it into a storytelling opportunity. So each one of the finalists were highlighted um, within their categories. And so the world that was watching because we did have people watching from around the world, That's which was cool. great too. So some of the businesses whose family was out in another part of the country wouldn't normally be able to attend a chamber award show was able to attend and participate and watch it live. Um, and then, um, so we got to tell their stories. And so the business community got to hear more about what they did. And um, we had watch parties. So people who were comfortable watching together as groups. A lot of the finalist companies kind of had like a company company happy hour and we would go, we would show pictures from there, um, watch party on the live feed. Um, and, and it was great. And they were able to actually give acceptance speeches. So it was, it was interactive and, and uh, it, it was great. But what we're most proud of is that we were able to tell their stories and it, it wasn't about the chamber at this point, it was about them and what they had done to come out of it. And, um, you know, one of the examples of innovation was one of our winners um, was a wine company. They sell wine. They did wine tastings. They did all of these wine pairing events and all of these different things. Well, they weren't technologically advanced. However, they managed to figure out a way to do wine tastings via Zoom. And (laughs) they did. And they have been extraordinarily successful. And they were able to get the wine to the people and the cheese, just all of the different components, and then do the class online. And then all of these people could could participate. So they tapped into a whole new market that they didn't know was even there. And so... For them to share that story and how they partnered with other businesses in our community um, to to do the same thing, so, so that's awesome. So I I really like the aspect you touched on about having viewers from all over the world, you know, and, and these finalists, you know, these people have been selected to have their stories highlighted. I can imagine them sharing the link to, to YouTube mm-hmm. or Facebook or whatever it yes. is 
for their family members or friends out of the area to watch. Mm-hmm. And like, what a way to show the impact that a chamber has in a community than to broadcast. And I know we were forced to during COVID to, to go digital and broadcast things. But I think even going forward, there's still some value to broadcasting some of these award shows, you know, let these people, these recipients broadcast this out to their networks and show what a chamber of commerce is and what you do. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's very interesting because we're, we're, we're still doing that. We're able to tap into national speakers now and do in person or live stream or whatever the case is that we wouldn't have access to had it not been for COVID. So um, we're, we're still doing hybrid type programming. Yeah. And I think at some point it may go away from being a hybrid and just, this is the program and we have it being broadcasted as well. So absolutely. Yeah. Just to reach. You have to go where your members. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to go where your members are. Yeah. And if they're stuck at their desk, let's go to them there. Right. Well, tell us more about the the Chamber Roadshow and what that entailed, because <laughs> that obviously caught some attention initially. So let's uh, let's learn more about that program. Well, so it all starts with a story, and I, I think as Chambers, you're starting to catch the theme of of our world in those times as we were storytellers, and and we have to be able to tell the story of how great we are as an organization, but then also realize that it's not about us. It's about our members and telling their story. Um, So after we could go back to the office during the, the height of the pandemic and we were all at home, I bought the ring light that everybody buys because I was on zoom and my house obviously wasn't set up for a uh, professional a studio, studio. Home, right? <laughs> but then I also said, I can't look like this on, you know, national broadcast. I need to look presentable. So anyways, I had this zoom light and we had some other video equipment at our office. So I had a tripod and I literally came back to the office when we opened up and I just looked around and we have a very beautiful office, a very big boardroom. And it was uh, empty, hundred percent empty. And I sat there and I just said, I don't, I don't know what to do. I literally have no idea how to help my members or what, what to do. We, what started that was my members were calling me saying, Hey, can you help us get our message out about being open? And I said, well, absolutely. So I called one of our board members who owns an LED truck, you know, the LED signs change the advertising. And he and I created a We Are Open logo that was on the side of his truck. And he would go sit in front of our member's business that says We Are Open. So anybody that was open. So I put out a message that said, hey, if you're open, let me know what your times are and we'll have somebody come sit there. Well, they would they would go and sit there. They'd take photos and um, his guys did some social media around it. and And it was great. Um, and then as things started to open back up more, that wasn't a feasible way of getting the message out. So when I got back to the office and just tried to figure out what we were going to do, I made a video and it goes something like this. Hey, everybody, uh, we're back in the office, but we don't really have anything to do because we can't 
you know, put all of these events together, yada, yada, yada. So I'm going to take this show on the road and I'm going to come to you. If you'd like me to come to your business and highlight your business and your protocols for being open, just give us a call here at the chamber and we'll get you scheduled. Well, that video started to get (laughs) a ball rolling. And let me just share with you. It was just me in my phone. Um, and my ring light and the quality is terrible. The sound is awful, but the message got out and it was organic. I did it in one take for each business. I'm like, just tell me what you, what you're doing for businesses, what we need to know about your business. Are you open? Are you curbside? How, how, you know, what's going on? And then I'd kind of tee up at the end, any lessons learned, anything you want to share with anybody. Um, I wouldn't edit. I put up the raw footage on um, YouTube and then linked it to our social pages. I did 135 videos Wow! over the summer, two years ago. Um, I was able to tell the story of 135 of our member businesses. My, my, the last official one that I, I did on the Chamber Roadshow, I got to sit down with the president of the university, St. Leo University, and do more of a, like a wrap up, you know, what, what did, what did you learn? You know, what, what is something that you want to share with the business community? And so it was organic storytelling and it was natural. It was raw. There were bloopers. There were laughs. There was car. Um, it didn't matter. I actually had a production company reach out to me and say, would you like us to do this for you? And I said, no, no, actually I don't. I want it to be real. It loses some authenticity. Yeah. It loses the authenticity and or the organic conversation that we, we have, um, when we, we did that. And my, uh, staffer at the time she was at home base she she doesn't leave the chamber office and she would field the call she'd make the schedule and i tried to do three a day geographically yeah um respectful and then um do that monday tuesday and wednesday and then we trickle out the the videos that's awesome i love that and i know it, it's easier, you know, almost to be able to make those visits and shoot the video, but then to set aside the time to upload it to YouTube and share it here and link it there. That's where the time consuming part of it. That comes is in. where the time consuming was. And and I did not do a fabulous job of hashtagging and, and all of the, you know, tags and, and different things. But again, we were learning as we went and you can see the first one to the last one, there's a huge difference in, in what, I probably should have led with was that I hated doing videos. I would never do a live interview on TV because I said videos will live in infamy uh, <laughs> way beyond me. And then all of a sudden here I was this, I just went into all my vulnerability and said, you know what? It's not about me. It's about these businesses. And so um I sucked it up and, and did it. And um, there's still an infamy and I'm, I'll, I'll live with that. That's Every time awesome. I turn on our YouTube channel, I have to hear my voice. Yeah. Well, and I've seen some chambers do even a, a similar thing, but with they'll release it as a podcast. You know, mm. we'll go and interview the business and, you know, tell the story. 
and release it as a podcast. And there's all these different ways now to be able to, you know, we always hear about chambers need to be storytellers. And Mm -hmm. there's now a variety of different ways to be able to help get the stories out there of your chamber and of your members and your community and things going on and showing that you're a convener of leaders and influencers and bring them, you know, do those interviews like you're talking about at the college. And, you know, so you're, you're doing all the things, which is awesome. We, we are. And again, it, it, you know, when you're in it and you're in the thick of it and, you know, you're, you're trying to figure it all out, you don't, none of it was with, I'm going to win an award. You know, none of this was for that. It was was needed. Yeah. It was necessity for our business community. And now our members can look back and say, that was value. You provided me a value for my membership that I would not have been able to get anywhere else. You gave me a platform, you gave me a mic, you gave me an opportunity. And so again, that goes back to our, our being membership focused um, in that we have a really good solid base of members that remember that and stay members. Yeah. That's awesome. So I'd like to ask you as we kind of shift gears here a little bit, um, as a chamber of the year finalist, how do you view the role of your chamber in your community? We are in a really unique position because we are a um, two county, actually kind of three county regional chamber. We have several municipalities within our footprint of our service area. Um, We view ourselves as the connector, the convener, and the catalyst, the three C's. Um, We do those things extraordinarily well. And we, we will say we do not have the answer, but we can sure connect you to the person that does. Or if they don't, let's be the catalyst for that conversation for change or, or, or moving the needle as, as that seems to be our, our buzzword here in ACCE land for, for this year. And, and that, is, that is who we are. We are a very strong voice of business. Um, we are extraordinarily good at ensuring a pro-business environment. Um, we will also fight against legislation, uh, anything that's not pro-business focused. Um, and so we are, what, what makes us great, and, and I, I share this because it's, it's important for, for other chambers to, you cannot do business the way that you've always done business. This world is different. We're not even doing business the way we did business a year ago. So as a chamber of commerce, our board knows that we have to be nimble enough within our strategic plan to be able to change and adapt to the needs of our community and what those needs are, not now, but what they're going to be years from now. We, we, we can't stay focused on what's happening right now or, or our next event or what this or what that. We have to be thinking of what this business community is going to look like five years from now. We have to be futurist. We have to think about that. And it's important for our board 
when we're sitting in a board meeting to have that in mind yeah. of what is the future of our community and how does the chamber fit into that? And some chambers and organizations have not been able to, to do that and their, their relevance may not be there in, in the years to come. And if, if you're, you're focused or fed by one particular income source or, or one particular event, that's not sustainable as, as we've all learned. So being able to look forward and say, what, what are the needs of our community? Um, and I can share our, our priorities because we, we take a very deep dive each year when we set our strategic plan and our program of work of what was happening and what are the effects going to be. And, and the folks that sit around our boardroom table are thought leaders. And we are very comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's part of the catalytic leadership right. and part of the horizons report. Um, all of the things that I read six years ago are now, you know, we've been working on them. Um, and so housing and workforce, there's a direct correlation between those. And that's a huge priority, not just now, but we can see for the future. Um, proper planning for your community now sets the stage for later. Um, and and think decisions that are made by certain municipalities might have unintended consequences that perhaps they haven't thought about. Um, and what certain actions that a governing body takes is going to have a trickle-down effect later on the business community. So make sure that every stakeholder within the conversation understands how the ecosystem works of, of the business community. So I think that that is, that's where we excel and what sets us apart within our, our community. Um, I do want to give a huge shout out to um, our region because we have a, um, we call them our MOU partners. And so there are eight of us chamber CEOs that are in a partnership agreement together okay. that we support each other um, on issues. Um, we don't have to always agree, but we're not going to come out against another local area chamber. It makes a huge difference when we have legislation in our state, when we, we all come out with a letter yep. with all of our logos on it, with all of our names on it and say, Hey, we are now speaking for the entire region business community and it they pay attention so so we don't do this alone in a silo with all of our all of the things i just talked about being a connector convener and a catalyst we work very hard at making sure that we are bringing together the whole region that's fantastic yeah a lot more uh, impact can happen that way for sure absolutely um what would be maybe a tip or an action item that you might suggest for listeners who are interested in taking their chamber up to the next level? It all starts, it, it starts with you as the CEO, um, as the leader of your organization and, and ensuring that you have a really good understanding or a picture of where you want to take the organization with one thing in mind, and that's your members and the community in which you serve. And then 
ensuring that your board of directors is there right there with you, that they are preaching the, they are walking the talk, you know, whatever, whatever yeah. you want to come up with they're they're right there with you. And that you all have one goal in mind and that is X and that everybody's there on the same page that um, there there's consensus or at least conversation yeah. around the consensus and, and just thinking towards, towards the future of what, look at the past of why chambers exist became a chamber in the very first place. And then look at that and, and, and start to look farther ahead. I like that. Um, as we wrap things up here, I wanted to ask you, um, I know chambers all over are always interested in the future. You mentioned chambers need to be futurist. <laughs> How do you see the future of chambers and their purpose going forward? So I think that chambers are in a very unique position right now. Every, everyone is looking to someone to, to um, help heal, fix, try and make better whatever was broken a few years ago. Um, so as chambers, I think this is our opportunity to really take the lead in our communities and to really elevate our organizations by coming out with a, a plan of action for the future, taking that show to the commissioners, to the city council, to your legislators and saying, this is what we're going to do. How are you going to help us get there? Because we are the voice, we're the leading voice of business in chambers. Chambers have a very unique opportunity. And if we don't seize them, your relevance within in your communities are probably questionable. Yeah. So, so that, that, that's my, that's my tidbit. I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> but Hope, I wanted to give you an opportunity to share any contact information. If any listeners wanted to reach out and connect with you about yes. how you guys are doing things in the North Tampa Bay chamber, what would be the best way for them to reach out and connect? Absolutely, please. I love to talk chamber um, to anybody that that will listen. My email address is h kennedy k e n n e d y at north tampa bay chamber dot com. In case our URL couldn't get any longer, that's right. Um, <laughs> and and that's the easiest way to connect with me. You can check out our chamber website, our social media. Um, I, I'm very easily Googleable. You can Googleable. find me. <laughs> Googleable. And oh in YouTube, you can watch all the Chamber Roadshow videos you ever wanted to watch. You know what? I will, uh, I'll link to that in our show notes. So people oh, can look okay. it up and, and see yeah. those videos that are out there to live on forever. So, <laughs> and I'll get your contact information in those show notes as well. So people can, can find that and, and reach out and connect with you. But Hope, I appreciate you joining me today on Chamber Chat Podcast. I, I think you guys are doing some wonderful things there in the North Tampa Bay area. And I, I wish you guys best of luck as Chamber of the Year. Thank you so much, Brandon, for having me. And uh, we'll, we'll circle back when we come home with the hardware. If you are a Chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. 
When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Have you ever thought about creating a podcast for your chamber? We always hear about how chambers need to be storytellers. What better way is there to tell the stories of your members and the work of your chamber than through a podcast? Your audience is waiting to hear from you as a convener of leaders and influencers, champion for business, and catalyst for change within your community. I just launched a chamber podcast course with the goal to get your very own podcast started within 30 days. Visit chamberchatpodcast.com slash pivot to learn more and to enroll in the Chamber Podcast course today. For a limited time as a launch promotion, this course is being offered at a 25% discount. Be sure to purchase a course today to lock in your savings before the price goes up, even if you're not ready to start right away. Again, that's chamberchatpodcast.com slash pivot.